You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Breitman. Today, I'm sitting down with John Farragon to highlight some new information on a drug for HIV treatment called lenacapavir, which we've discussed on past episodes as well. Welcome again, John. Thanks, Mariana. Happy to be here again. So I know we've talked about lenacapavir in the past, and we've discussed how it was put on hold. What is the latest on this new drug? Yeah, so um, Mariana, so lenacapavir, I think we we all know it's a new medication, right, that's been in development for a while now, um, both for treatment-naive patients and treatment-experienced patients, and there's even some data in HIV prevention. Um, recently, it was put on hold, and there was an issue with compatibility of the drug uh, with the vials that it was stored in. So this was a, an issue since the drug stability potentially was impaired when it was stored in, the, in these glass vials that contained uh, a, a content called borosilicate. Um, I think I'm saying this right, borosilicate. It's hard to, it's hard to say. Um, so anyways, when the company changed the vials to aluminosilicate, those vials actually were, were compatible uh, with lenacapavir and the issue was fixed. So as a result, the FDA recently uh, released the clinical hold on all the studies that involve lenacapavir. So for folks who may not have heard our past episodes, how does lenacapavir work? Yeah, so this uh, lenacapavir is, is, a, is what we call a capsid inhibitor. Uh, and this would be the first medication in this class. And the capsid is basically the package for HIV's genetic material. So basically what happens is the lenacapavir inhibits the virus from unsheathing its capsid. And then, you know, what happens after that, it usually will release its genetic material into the cell nucleus. And also on the back end, it also blocks assembling new capsid uh, as it tries to reproduce. So it really kind of works at the beginning and the end of the viral life cycle, I guess. Uh, and it's pretty unique. Um, the, the, key, the key thing that's really important about this drug, though, is that it is a sub-Q injection uh, that lasts uh, six months based on some of the studies that, that have been done so far. Can you talk a little bit about some of the recent studies with lenacapavir that might be of interest to providers? Yeah, so there's basically two studies, and we've talked about these in detail, but I'll just kind of do some highlights of them. But the lenacapavir uh, in treatment experience patients and also in treatment naive patients, the Capella study was the treatment experienced uh, patients and looked at people with, uh, two, uh, with, with resistance to release, two agents from three out of the four main classes of of antiretrovirals had less than two fully active agents in four classes. So really kind of sicker patients. And um, uh, 
there, there's two sections of the Capella study. One is the randomized and one is the non-randomized. And both patients, uh, both patients in, in each group received oral lenacapavir for, for a couple of weeks uh, with a failing regimen. And then eventually they get switched over to sub-Q lenacapavir at different time points. Um, so bottom line at 52 weeks, which is the, the most recent data that we have from CROI this year, the most recent uh, cut, um, changes in CD4 count and the randomized cohort were uh, were 83 with close to 70% with T-cells over 200, which is a really, really an important goal in this population. Uh, in the combined randomized and non-randomized study, 88% of the patients uh, were less than 200 copies with 81% reaching less than 50. So undetectable viral loads as well in, in over 80% of patients. So the randomized cohort alone is actually even better uh, with 83% uh, less than 50 copies. So these studies sometimes, you know, th there's uh, uh, really sick patients and, and we always like to look at these patients that have no active medications based on resistance testing. And even, even in that setting with no active drugs with a background regimen on top of lenacapavir, um, about, about two thirds, 67% attain less than 50 copies. So again, a lot of different variables in these studies and how they're, and how they're done. Just always remember that there's always a background regimen that can also include some new medications. Uh, like, you know, for example, if they have a double, uh, you know, uh, increased dose dolutegravir, for example, or um, boosted darunavir, uh, it does appear to work, though, in conjunction with other meds to get majority of people undetectable, which is really our goal of therapy in some of these complex patients. What about patients that are new to treatment? What do we know about them? Yeah, so this is also important, too. This was the Calibrate study. Uh, this was one of the capivir that was done. Uh, in patients who are new to treatment. And essentially, lenacapavir was given every six months with either uh, emtricitabine plus TAF, which is basically des Descovy, uh, TAF, uh, and some people actually got big TAF emtricitabine, basically compared to that. Um, but after 28 weeks, lenacapavir sub-Q dose uh, at 26 weeks continued in two arms, and that was comparable to, to BF-TAF, so basically using Bictarvi. Um, so at one year, the majority of patients remain undetectable, uh, about 85 to 90% of those were less than 50 copies versus 92% in the BF-TAF comparator arm. So at the point here, though, Mariana, is that this is, you know, you're not going to be able to use lenacapavir alone, obviously, right? You're going to have to use some oral medications with it at the same time. So in a, in a previous podcast recently, we've talked about um, uh, the islatrovir uh, hold, and that was supposed to be combined with this. And I think that was going to be the, really the the treatment arm, but again, I, you know, that uh, with the slash ever being on hold from, from the other studies um, that kind of put an ax in some of this for now, um, or kind of, kind of put that on hold. But the bottom line here is that, you know, it's going to be an every six month injection, but you can use it with other, you'd have to use it with another, with some other uh, medications to make sure that people stay undetectable. It's not going to be for monotherapy. So ultimately, how close is lenacapavir to approval and what is the likelihood that it'll be used for PrEP or pre-exposure prophylaxis? Yeah, so first the PrEP question I think is an easy one. Um, there is an ongoing study now, uh, now that the clinical hold has been lifted, it'll be, it'll be you know, starting up again, that's going to evaluate the efficacy of lenacapavir for HIV PrEP. Um, so this is being done in cisgender men, transgender women, transgender men and gender non-binary people uh, who are over 16 years of age. Um, these are patients who are at high risk who have condomless receptive anal sex with partners 
um, assigned male at birth and are at high risk for HIV. So these are really high, high risk patients uh, that, that they're looking at. But um, so this is a Gilead sponsored study who, who obviously makes the, makes the medication. Uh, 3,000 patients was the target enrollment. And the final results will be for a few years, but some of the interim data you may start, you may, we may start to be able to see in the next couple, in the next couple of years. Again, we're not sure when, but um, just know that the comparator here is TEF-FTC or TAF-FTC in the U.S. So that's basically the two drugs that are approved in the, in the U.S. Um, but if you're in the U.S., you're getting, they're, they're comparing it to TAF-FTC. So right now, I think we all know that Slonacapra is not FDA approved, but I think it's close. Um, they were pretty close to having approval before the hold was put on. So we just have to wait for the final approval. And again, I don't know what that process or how long it's going to take. But the PrEP indication, I think, is going to not be in the initial label, obviously, until there's more data. So right now, once the FDA approves this, so hopefully it'll get approved, um, you'll see lenacapavir for probably treatment naive, or at least for treatment experienced patients. And then hopefully the treatment naive data will also be included in, in the label. So um, Calibrate and Capella are the two main studies. Some of these studies have actually been published in the New England Journal uh, and some of the lead authors are actually from, from New York. Um, so really, really great data. And I think really good information, I think. And, and another, another option, you know, if we compare, we can't compare this to like, for example, other injectables, but knowing that this is sub-Q, the last six months, there's certainly going to be some advantages here for, for lenacapavir over other injectable medications. John, thanks so much for joining us and telling us all about the latest on lenacapavir, a new drug for HIV treatment. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AATC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaatc.org. That's www.necaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaatc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaatc.org. Stay safe and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.